You know, every time I speak, I want the truth to come out. You know what I'm saying? Every time I speak, I want to shiver. You know, I don't want them to be like, they know what I'm going to say because it's polite. They know what I'm going to say. And even if I get in trouble, you know what I'm saying? That ain't that what we're supposed to do? It's, I'm not saying I'm going to rule the world or I'm going to change the world, but I guarantee that I will spark the, the, the brain that will change the world. to have personal responsibility, political accountability, and corporate culpability. We must eliminate poverty. I don't care what color the person or child I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, and welcome to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. We are the return of intelligent radio as we ensure the free flow of opinions and push the envelope on the questions America's afraid to ask in this mainstream media. I have a returning special guest on. How you doing, Michael? Thank you for being with us this morning. How you doing, King? Good morning, King. Man, I'm great to be here. Uh, look, I'm glad school started, so... <laughs> It's about to start, so I'm good. I can imagine you getting ready with your family, getting ready for school. I know that's always an ordeal every year, coming off the summer breaks, you know, trying to get babies in the bed early, getting used to the school schedule. Definitely understand (laughs) that. But, again, glad to have you back. But for those who haven't ever heard, you know, you are an esteemed guest, returning guest, as well as a platinum-level mental dialogue member. But if you will, Michael, uh, share people with them a little bit of your background, the intellectual outcast out there listening, uh, so they can really understand in reference to today's particular discussion question, can black people take advantage of the White House's non-recession recession? I guess that's just kind of what I'm calling it. Nobody <laughs> says we're not in a, in a recession. But before we get into the discussion, if you will, share with them a little bit of your background. Well, for the last 12 years, I've been owning and operating a company called SC Capital Management, which is an alternative investment management company that specializes in trading and investment finance for qualified individuals. What that means is that we basically take qualified clients' money and help them diversify their portfolios beyond what you would normally be able to do on yourself by using specialized skills. Outside of that Last few years, I've also opened up Blacks Academy, which is an online educational platform with live and uh, do-it-yourself, a self-paced education to help our communities, those that are misrepresented and underrepresented in the world of finance, to help learn what's really important. You know, the last few years, we've had a lot of gurus online that teach people a lot of things that 
we're in the process of helping them unlearn. I think a lot of this show, what we're going to talk about is going to be unlearning. Uh, my background is, of course, in engineering and mathematics. I spent a long time as a um, missile systems engineer, but uh, the binding to me going from there to finance was mathematics and science and using the analytical abilities that I gained over the years to take it to finance to somewhere where I thought mattered more. So that's pretty much my background. No, I love it. Um, absolutely love it. And again, yeah, that, that, that engineering background has served you very well, even in the finance space. And we've went into a lot of those details over time on various shows where, again, I kind of bring you in. In, in, in our world, I'll consider you, in a sense, a guru when it comes to this trading and finances. And ultimately, when people start when we start discussing recession again, whether the president's right or wrong, and I'll let you even, you know, give your thoughts on that as well. I can't uh, wait. A little bit. I know, right, here in a little bit. Uh, but even, you know, but, but with, with, you know, with that said, I just wanted to highlight for out there, people out there listening, um, just when you start speaking recession and economy, it, it, it's kind of foreign language for most of us, right? And so you being directly in the space where you actually make your living based on how the markets move, that just kind of gives you, you know, a better understanding of that language, and you're probably watching it a lot closer than most of us, whereas a lot of us, to a degree, are just kind of waiting for the results. And so hopefully the discussion today will kind of help some people maybe pick up some seeds where they can, in a sense, possibly take advantage or position themselves or, you know, what the foreseeable future might be. Uh, I know one of your biggest disclaimers, which is why you hate a lot of the gurus, is you offer no guarantees. And you know, right. there's, you know, and when you've got, you know, and when you've went and gotten your certifications and requirements to the level that you have, you can't play around with that. Like some of the people who, in a sense, you know, make a lot of their money by marketing and pulling people in and and and, and selling them quick fixes. And at the end of the day, you don't play this uh, for, for the short term or just some side money. This is how you make your living. So I just wanted to really clarify that for anybody that's listening, um, how I see you personally. When it comes to this space, I always want to talk to you to get a better understanding of these things. But before I let you bite it to bit and give your answer to what Joe Biden said, uh, the way I like to really start the show with my guests is just really simply, um, and again, I know you're a big-time listener to the show, so you're familiar with this, but when you heard the question worded exactly like it was worded this morning, can black people take advantage of the White House's non-recession recession? I know when I called you, you giggled briefly, so you may be able to get into what you wanted to, but what was that initial thought when you heard me word the question that way? Man, I loved it because, you know, you've always have a way of getting us to think outside of the box and sometimes outside of ourselves, but to answer the question, absolutely, I think now, just like if we go back to, you know, the pandemic, you go back to even the Trump administration, for good or bad, go back to the Obama administration, there's an increasingly tuned time for black people, us, to take advantage of whatever it is that's going on right now, good, bad, and different, and we have to start thinking that way because no matter how things feel or seem, we've always been able to, in a survival sense, be able to take advantage and, you know, make do with what has happened. We're in an age now where we can take that a step further and not just make do, but really make some gains and strides. And it's, I think the honest is on us to do that. So absolutely. 
No, I love what you just said. Um, it's funny. I uh, was talking to one of our good friends, uh, Mark Hollywood Rangers. I refer to him as Hollywood. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. We're a good friend of both of ours. I was talking to him last night. And yep. the part you're talking about right now, we were spe- we were specifically um, dialoguing about what you just said when you say the onus is on us. And what I said to him was we owe. We owe because a yeah. lot of that survival mode that you talked about while we've probably have experienced it to some degree in our own lives within this generation. The reality is survival mode was in a sense predicated upon our ancestors to the degree that they got us to a stage where we can talk like you're talking. We should move from survival to taking advantage to doing that. It's really old because in a sense, maybe they had no choice. We now have the choice thanks to them. So that's why I love when when you say the onus is on us, whereas you were saying it just in the sense that the opportunity is there, I would add the onus is owed to the giants that we now have this opportunity because they did enough of the surviving for us to even at times like this where economic fear is in the market and driven by, you know, the, what's actually happening. So again, despite what Joe Biden may or may not call this current moment, <laughs> right? we do understand that these are real life things. Inflation is a real life thing for a lot of people. So don't take anything that when I'm saying the onus is on us as a culture, as a people, if you will, is devoid of the actuality, the actual reality for some as inflation can hit and hurt. However, you can position yourself. And my goal by bringing someone like a Michael on is to hear how those who do take advantage of these moments, you've always hear this term, uh, you know, a lot of millionaires are made during the recession or whatever. And so clearly those who who take advantage of recessions are clearly thinking different than those who are trying to survive the oncoming whatever, if that makes sense. And so I wanted to hopefully, and we'll have some other guests coming on who are in that mindset. And hopefully for those out there listening, you can pick up a seat or two from someone like a Michael, who is, again, a day trader, who teaches people investing with Blacks Academy. So we have a lot of expertise and just want to give you a good insight in how they think. We're going to go to break. When we come back, I'll let you get right on what you want to jump on as far as what our president had to say about the current um, numbers in the quarter. We'll have a little cut that alludes to that. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Have you heard about that podcast, Mental Dialogue? It's so good, it should be illegal. But if you miss the live show every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Blog Talk Radio, be sure to catch replays on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, and all other streaming platforms. We are the return of intelligent radio, and we are the best in the world at having hard conversations on race, sex, gender, and business in the African-American community. And remember, all I ask is that you think. Hey, Smithoff, where you find that Prince Simon of the Times on vinyl at? Real talk, you got a dope vinyl collection. What, you been collecting them like over the years or something? No, actually, I just started my collection. My man Tobago over at DBS Sounds, he be hooking me up. You remember DBS Sounds? On the south side? They still around? I figured most of the record stores in Atlanta be closed by now. 
Hey, vinyl is the new wave, and DBS Sounds got the best collection in town. You can still go there and flip through vinyl. They still got CDs and mixtapes, too. Let me check the IG page at DBS Sounds ATL. They still be having artists in stores and everything. Hey, you want to run by there? Hey, man, I ain't got time right now. I got to go back to Cali tomorrow, but I might have to catch them next time. Oh, nah, you good. Even when you get home, you can just shop at their online store at dbssounds.com. They'll ship directly to you anywhere in the country. Matter of fact, jump on dbssounds.com on your phone and order straight from there. Word? Hey, I'm about to get my music game up. Hey, what's their address in case I get a chance to swing by there? I'm, I'm going to pick up that new Kendra Lamar CD. Oh, they at 6604 Highway 85, Riverdale, Georgia. Bet. I'm figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black. It don't have nothing to do with Trump. It has. Welcome back to the Bits of the Hell Out Talk Show. <laughs> I'm your host. I know, right? Matoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Soccer Team, special guest, Michael Sutler, this morning's discussion question, can black people take advantage of the White House's non-recession recession? And so we'll start right with the president, if you will, uh, Michael, who says, hey, we're not in a recession. And if you will, give us your thoughts, again, being someone 12 years of experience of managing a you know, financial trading company. I don't know if that's the correct way to say it, but either way, you're in this game for anybody just now tuning in. Thank you again for being with us. But what are your thoughts on the president saying, hey, the jobs are up? From what I understand, his thoughts was the jobs were up. There was a lot of indicators that didn't fall in line with what the current or the, the recent definition of recession had been, which was two quarters of a lower GDP. P from what I understand, that's typically when we would call ourselves being in recession. But he pointed to all the other indicators to say we're not even in a recession, nor will we fall into one to paraphrase what I think the president has said. So if you will jump on that thought from your perspective, uh, being, you know, an expert in this field. Well, number, number one, and this is no matter what president it is, but it's the fact that it's the president, we should always first consider the messenger that's my very first thing is to say no matter who's speaking to you are they believable not just because they're saying what you like or inversely because they're saying what you don't like are they credible and you know this isn't you know this isn't a situation where oh he's about to cap off or whatever but i have more experience in the field than the president of the United States because this is not what he does. His job is to get your votes. His job is to forward the agenda of his administration. And midterm elections coming up, they have to make sure that the general public, those who look to them as being symbols and icons of, well, this is how things are, those who don't think to the next secondary or tertiary level of asking questions why, when they say it, it's true, or you know, inversely, if you're not in their camp, they say it is completely untrue. You should not listen to the president's <laughs> in de- definition of what is or what is not a recession. The recession, you know, a recession for one, the textbook definition is like you said, it's really a downward or a decrease in economic activity 
it's generally measured by or accepted as being two consecutive back-to-back quarters, 90 days. So 180 days, half a year of contracting economic growth or lessening economic growth. And that's measured by the gross domestic product, which is the output of all the domestic companies and spending in the United States. Um, just looking at it by that that term, the GDP numbers came out, you know, <laughs> soon after he said it, it was like, oh, we have contracted, we've hit this definition. And you know I'm a stickler for definitions. The thing that he is saying that is truthful is that there are other economic factors that do support that we're not. Even though this classic definition says that, yea, verily, we are in a recession, he wants to point to other things, and they are true, that say that we are not quite there. Here's the thing that the listeners need to know. None of it actually matters, and especially for y'all that are black. Uh, if you've been black for, like me, for the last 40-something years, black community has always been in some sort of recession. So the idea that, oh, this is a bad time or this is something else, for a lot of us, especially as we get towards the lower parts of the economic rung, it's another day at the office or on the block, whatever. So I pause right there, Montoya. That's my initial take. No, I love it. Um, yeah, it's definitely something to think about. And I think what you just said, can he, like you said, hit home for many within the community. And so um, the one thing I'll take from that last thought from you, and you can clarify if you like, but I'll just take that if that is someone's reality who so happened out there to listen, if that is a perspective, that if you think about it, that may be your reality, then I, then I, I think I hear you saying whatever fears that that can be in a sense strong emotionally or mentally having you think about um, clearly the inflation number is a obvious number that people can see, but typically outside of that number, um, these other numbers to a degree may be a situation where it's not, if you say another day in the office, you're basically saying let's a lot of that news be fodder, even though, again, maybe as a country, there's things you have to consider, but as an individual, if it's fodder, don't pay a lot of attention, stay on your, basically stay on your circle, stand on your dot, is what I think I hear you saying by alluding to that reality for a lot of people in our community, but you can add clarity to that if you will. Right, absolutely, stay on, stay on your dot, and here's the thing, it's, if you're really looking at these numbers, if you're really looking at the definition. These things are backward-looking. A lot of the indicators, their economic indicators can be um, coincident, which is happening right now, or they can be leading economic indicators, which means they're kind of pointing to something that's going to happen in the future, and then there's lagging economic indicators. The GDP and the things that are used to measure recession are looking backward in time. They're telling what has happened. Some people like to look at GDP as being concurrent, but if you look at the actual calculation, it's looking backward at data that itself is lagged. So we're looking at the last quarter's data, and then we're, mm-hmm. then we're saying, oh, well, we're going to add another quarter on that. We're talking about what has already happened. The mind shift we have to have here, whenever we hear something, like I said, consider the credibility. One, I guess I'll just add in this. Take time to learn these definitions because one thing I hear you saying is inflation 
inflation is not necessarily linked to recession. Inflation itself is mm-hmm. just the rise in costs and goods or services. It's not always bad. Inflation is the byproduct of economic production. What makes it different now is that the rate of inflation is moving so fast, fast as we've seen in 40 years. Mm-hmm. That's the concern. It's like we're driving along the highway at some speed. All of a sudden, we're going twice that speed. Some Notice. people can handle that, but if you've never driven at that speed, you may run off the road and hit something. That's the threat that's going on right now. That's why the Fed is moving to change the monetary policy to make money itself more expensive. But in making those things more expensive, the Federal Reserve is itself trying to slow down the rate of expansion of the economy, which is going to be confusing because you're like, wait wait a minute. I thought they said the GDP was contracting mm-hmm. already. Why would they want to do that? That's just why I said it's a deeper level to this that we have to be mindful of. So you can't just take it as, oh, it's good, as bad. Shift your thinking about how this stuff goes and say, well, how does this actually work anyway? That's the real question. No, but I love again, it. GDP, yeah. you know, inflation, these things are not linked. No, absolutely. And that's why we bring people on like you to help us shift our thinking and to, to, to your point. Let me throw this out real quick. This is a side note on inflation that I really want to get into how you look at opportunity at times like this. Uh, but just as a side note, I've always wanted to say this kind of out loud publicly, uh, but, but well, the, 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 if you want to even call this moment, I'll use the word hyperinflation, not to, in a sense, scare people. But I, if, if, we, if it is a lot quicker than we've seen in the last 40 years as far as the mm-hmm. rise of inflation, right? So if we want to call hyperinflation, we were pretty much new. This was absolutely coming almost at the speed the moment they gave us the second check during the yes. pandemic. The, the first check was going to do it, right? But if we right. do it a second time, it didn't matter who the president was. You know what I mean? It happened right. to be Trump, and we got a second check. But when they get that second round of national debt for the next however many years, right, because that's what they're doing, adding on to the national debt by giving us these checks, these relief checks during the pandemic, well, the second one was kind of like, to me, this is going to be ugly. So what we're seeing now, in my opinion, again, my simple mind, not knowing the numbers and indicators as well as you do, but I thought this moment is very obvious by the second check. The first check definitely did what it needed to do to a degree, but the second check was kind of like, just a, we're going to do this again. And I'm like, ah! talk, talk to me, brother, before we get into the, the opportunity that exists during these moments, brother. Your thoughts on that. And again, that's just my general viewpoint. Three, three things. And you you got both of them. The first two were, if you knew nothing about the stock markets, you knew nothing about the economy, the first, really the second check was the, uh uh-oh, they're doing it again. Right, that's what I wanted about. I didn't realize realize it was three. I didn't even just throw it out. I was only talking about. No, no. There was no third check, but there was a third indicator. I got the first two, so that's why I only thought it was two. No, no, no. There were there were two checks, but I was saying there's there's a third indicator. Okay, my fault, my fault. The third, the, yeah, no, no. The third indicator itself was the stock market that everybody was playing in. If the economy had been quote unquote shut down, like we saw lockdown periods March 2020 onward, but we had 
the fastest drop, the fastest, most destructive erasure of equity value in the stock market ever. It happened in about three weeks. We erased trillions of dollars in, and granted, it's unrealized value in the stock market, only to have a month and a half later for us to pop right back out of it. Right. That was the indicator, but everybody was so excited to get on. One thing you learn in dealing in finance is to not necessarily – definitely don't listen to politicians. They don't know. This is not their angle. This is not their ministry. They don't know the numbers more than you do. They get to see they're privy to information that we're not privy to. But to under the understanding is grossly underrated or overrated. The – Actual data, you know, people were saying, people were asking me, what stock did you get in? What do you do this? I was sitting back going, okay, the stock market on average, again, if you look back hundreds of years, moves you make on every dollar that you invest, roughly speaking, you get eight cents on every dollar mm-hmm. every year. We had already hit by April or May of, of 2020, we were already at like, 20, 25 cents on the dollar. We ended up the year 40 cents on the dollar. Five times what was normal. Wow. Nobody paid attention. That was your forward leading indicator that mm-hmm. inflation was coming. It was the rise. What the stock market is, it is the value or the perceived value of these publicly traded companies. The reason why you're investing is because you want to get some of that value. When it was rising at that rate, that means that the perceived value of how those companies were functioning was now what you're talking multiples faster than they, what they normally do. That means the products, the goods, the services that they're putting out is at a much higher rate. That's the textbook definition of inflation. Mm-hmm. Textbook. But we missed it. We missed it because we were in there buying. We were on Amazon buying. We were on Robinhood <laughs> buying. Taking you know. advantage. In our mind. Yeah. We thought we were taking advantage. Yeah. We were taking advantage. Taking advantage, not knowing that there's still – and I hear people debate about this all the time. As the people say, there's infinite money. There's infinite money in the future. There's, there's finite money right now. Everything ebbs and flows. So if something goes up really quickly – it's going to come back really quickly. The problem is we never know what time. I spent a lot of time crunching data, talking to people, but you never know the when, but you do get good indications. But by the time December, and we'd already had three or four flashing lights by December 2021, that the show was over. Mm-hmm. Everybody was still in. When I talked to people who were not in the industry, hey, man, what stocks am I buying? What am I doing? And I kept being like, uh, you probably need to look at some other stuff. You probably need to do some other things. Nah, man. Tech this, crypto this. And it was that myopic fear of missing out that signals when danger is coming. That's a freebie. When you can talk to people who have nothing to do, like the president, have nothing to do with these industries, but everybody's out here trying to get it, we're already in trouble. That's an easy one. Just look around, read the room. That's one of the pure indicators. Pure. So let me ask you about that, that, even that indicator right there. We've got a couple of minutes before we go to another break. And um, 
So when that my optic view, and I've had again you, and if you remember, I had you and Jack on. It's almost like y'all always oh, yeah. kind of kind of y'all go the kind of the y'all are kind of adverse to these my myopic views, just from my opinion of looking at you outside, looking in. So when you see that myopic view, what 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 was your mindset being a trader, being an investor at that time when you're watching droves of um, basically unintelligent money coming into the market, what moves were you making where everybody's like, oh, I want in, I want in, I want in, you doing this for a living, what what were you doing where some new person's jumping in just trying to throw money at the market, if that makes sense? What were you doing, you know, if that makes man, sense? I, man, I've talked to Jack. I love Jack because I know Jack's made a lot of money, and he's not he's earned every cent. Same thing is like I've made a lot of money in the markets, what we learn is really simple. As people are busy trying to accumulate, those that are aware, and I have some friends that are much smarter than me, much more skilled than me, I watched what they were doing. They were running the other way. Nobody asks who's on the other side of that transaction when you're buying the shares or the buying the, the digital assets. Who's on the other side? There's somebody selling to you. What we miss out is somebody's thinking the other one's wrong. A lot of the unintelligent money just is coming in. They're not even thinking about the dynamic. This is a market. It's, comp- it's competing, competing interests. When I see the market pitch, and it doesn't matter if it's down, if everybody's like, oh, everything, we're going to lose, I start in a contrarian fashion, start thinking, well, one, they're wrong. Two, Why? The general herd follows. They don't know. They react. And when you see people, you see making market, making new highs, new highs, new highs. And everybody from the smart to the unskilled to the lay to the I just want to gamble and make a few cents, the process goes from what we call accumulation to distribution. I start thinking like a distributor. I start thinking. Let's sell to these suckers. I know this sounds terrible, but this is, again, this is on the back end. Right. 99% of the people out there don't know that you can sell and make money too. They're just thinking buy, buy, buy. You even hear them. Every time the market falls, they're buying the dip. They're ignoring the risk. So number one, I'm starting to think, what's the risk? At some point, it tilts to where you have – there's always risk in the market, always. But you start getting where there's more risk to the downside than there's up. But if you're mm-hmm. myopic, no matter what market you're in, you, you're lost on some narrative. Oh, Bitcoin's going to this. This tech coin is going to this. You're a borrowed time. And I'm the one to come along for my clients, for my family, to take that money from you. And sweep up. And hopefully you up. learn nah, from it. Nah, yeah, sweep sense. up. Now, nah, make, that makes sense. Uh, we're going to go into a uh, love what we're talking about. We're going to keep talking assets, keep talking the market. I'm going to play this cut uh, from another one of our um, Platinum Level members, uh, William Agnew, and I got um, Justin Hempstead, um, another Platinum Level member, counting by trade, coming on. So we're going to just dialogue about where William takes us. And the goal here is speaking the language, right? So obviously market is your space, but assets is kind of the key term, right? Just even getting out, in a sense, raising the culture to just even understand the term assets, and we should be asset buyers because if I hear what you're saying, even in the market, 
the way when you're in the myopic view and kind of running with the crowd, if you will, you're kind of taking a consumer approach is what I would say in you how you're playing in the market. And, and you're out there figuring out, let me sell to them because I want to build my assets that I've obtained and made my living this way. So it's like an asset mindset versus a consumer mindset. So we're going to hear Williams cut talking about, in a sense, assets and how to build them up, which is a different level of thinking than just getting caught up in the latest wave. So let's listen to this cut and I'll bring Justin on after this cut. We'll be right back. You're listening to the mental dialogue talk show where all I ask is that you think. We are not properly understanding how to scale the assets that we have. Let me tell you something, my people. It makes no sense to have assets, right, that you're not going to try to grow over the course of time because what's going to happen is as you get into the fourth quarter of your life, whether you have a business or whether you have land or whether you have properties, whatever it is, if you're not scaling those things, if they're not producing income, if they're not producing revenue, if they're not producing cash flow, ultimately what happens is they become a cost center for you. They become a headache for you. They become a liability for you. So by the time you get in the fourth quarter, if you got 20, 40, 80, 60, 100 acres of land, if all you're doing is paying taxes on that land, there's nothing coming out of that land, there's nothing going on that land, then essentially what's going to happen is when you get into that time where you're making less money and you're commanding less money yes. and you're getting older and it's harder to make money, that is going to be a cost center to you and it's going to be a headache for you, liability, and you're going to want to liquidate it. And when you liquidate an asset, it goes back into the box and we move in the opposite direction. And if you only have the, if that's the only option you have. Now, like I said, there's no problem with liquidating. You can sell whatever you want to sell. I'm not saying selling is a bad thing. Ultimately, we all want to sell for the top highest price at the end of the day. But if we're looking to hold an asset that we want to keep in our family and pass down from generation to generation and have that asset provide some security and some nurturing to us, then we have to invest in that when the time is right. That means early. That doesn't mean wait until the end of your life to go, oh, well, all I'm doing is paying taxes on this, so I'm going to go ahead and sell it, right? That's why in your second quarter, third quarter, halftime, first quarter, you need to be looking at how to acquire assets. And not only acquire assets, we have to learn how to grow assets. So those assets are over the course of time are feeding us and feeding us and feeding us residuals. And then it gets so big that it gets to the point where we can pass that down from generation to generation to generation. If we get to a place where we just give the asset back at the end of our lives, that asset is, and it hasn't produced anything for us altogether, then we just paid, paid, paid to hold something, and then we gave all that money back. And if you know anything about what's going on today, the, the asset is appreciating. What you're trading for the asset, which is the dollar, is depreciating. So you're actually trading for something that's going down in value. You see, what has happened is we, we bought into the system. The system, you know, and this is why you got to understand cycles, my people. You got to understand cycles of what's going on and what's important. It's not always the same. This is why rich people go broke, right? It's because they don't understand the cycles of value, right? It's about the cycles mm -hmm. of value. And right now, when we were coming up, the value was to go into the marketplace, get a degree. That degree was valuable because then you could take that degree and that degree commanded you a certain amount of money each and every year, right? You could get a job. Now that value proposition is changing. Now the value proposition is it's not so much degrees anymore, right? It's not so much about going in debt and getting degrees and buying into that system because what that system did is it pulled you away from the system that allows you to have time to grow the, um, to grow the asset, right? So now we ignored the asset for 20, 30, 40 years, and now at the end, the asset is going up, 
but we haven't put anything into the asset because we bought into this system. Now, I'm not saying anything is wrong with education and getting education and getting a degree. I'm not saying that. All I'm saying is you got to understand how the value proposition flows. Welcome back. Michael, if you will, your thoughts before we um, get justice on this thing and hearing that. That was actually from one of our masterminds. I don't think you were on that one, but one of our mental dialogue masterminds, we, we actually talked about that specific cut. So your thoughts hearing it maybe for the first time. Man, you know, I would have loved to have been on that one, just couldn't make it. But, you know, I, I really esteem William's uh, take because he just reminds me again that, you know, your master classes, you know, your your platinum level members are just phenomenal people from so many different levels. And, you know, he's exactly right about what the asset is and the need to scale and grow it. <laughs> because, again, I, I've seen so many situations with clients uh, where they have an asset that, again, you hold it past its duration. You hold it past its maturity, past its usefulness, and never having matured it or never having developed it. The only thing I would add to that is, again, for these people that are growing assets, those of you that have learned that were in the stock market, that were in you know, crypto and other, other things that were growing in small business that were growing, one thing about scaling is that things that get bigger in value actually also get more fragile. So you have to take means to protect those things. As they grow in value, you have to – the truly rich, the generational wish that we love to talk about, oh, we got to be generationally rich. It is sword and shield out there in that you know, you're being aggressive, you're being acquisitive, you're growing these things, but you also have to shield these things from these adverse con- conditions that we don't know about, that we can't measure, that we can't calculate, but they're in the future. No, I love it. Let's get Justin in this thing. What's up, Justin? Thanks for coming on, King. Uh, tax accountant by trade. We're going to keep your intro brief because I wanted to, in addition to this discussion, as we hear William and uh, and Michael talk, you know, I think you were actually on that mastermind with us, and, and Michael's kind of giving his take on what William had to say. I asked you to kind of come in and say, hey, are there tax benefits that can, in a sense, people could take advantage of at times like this when we're experiencing a recession? Because there are going to be some things that are going to happen that, are, that typically happen during a recession, you know, where the government will absolutely actually subsidize certain things or whatever. And so you said there are a lot of benefits that typically come for people with taxes that maybe we never think about. So if you will, Justin, just kind of dig in wherever you fit in in respect to how our community individually or even collectively could consider taking advantage of the, the of what we're experiencing with, in a sense, two quarters of GDP dropping. How do you look at it as, as an accountant on the tax side and where you can gain advantages? Go ahead, King. Okay. I appreciate you for having me on here this morning. Definitely, definitely agree with everything that's been said so far. Um, when it comes to when it comes to the taxes, and people are in the recession, and we're not thinking, everybody's thinking of, oh, oh God, I'm I'm not getting enough, I'm not making enough, and um, prices are going up. But when you look at it from an investment standpoint, and we're trying to move forward with how can we put something aside for our kids or our grandkids or even something aside for ourselves, some of us. You look at it from that side and you see that there are a lot of incentives that are made available during a recession because in a recession, everything is fearful. No one is wanting to invest anything. So the government, they will give you an incentive to invest. Certain markets, sometimes even if you go – 
say you're investing in some some dilapidated property and you're in the roughest part of the of the community you'll sometimes not only get incentives from the internal revenue in terms of oh if you if you purchase this and you know you uh rehab it or if you move someone in it now we're going to give you some tax dollars for to even fix it up they they'll do that but also some of the local jurisdictions they have tax benefits for you investing in certain areas of their town because people are needing homes and they're needing to bring more tax dollars into the town because again during a recession people are fearful they're scared they don't know what's going to happen and they're they're like how am i going to how am i going to make it so yes they're going to look at every opportunity they can the government in terms of giving you something to say hey why would this person want to invest is the economy just going to you know stay stay down like this no we got to make people come out here we got to make them spend some money you know we'll give them something for just green they have green energy you know a lot of people moving towards the um the new types of vehicles that they have green energy they have credits for stuff like that but people don't know it because we're never really going out here trying to buy anything like that it's going to give us a credit it's going to allow us to take advantage of the tax code and i think that's one of the main areas people they get scared they say oh i don't want to have to deal with the tenant oh i don't want to have to deal with this or but if you're wanting to be able to prosper in a time of i guess negative economic activity that in my in my opinion is a time to actually go forward with it you might have something sitting idle as william said you might have something sitting idle and it's costing you money but if you start generating some money from it you can not only get the income from the from the government as far as the taxes but also the the rental revenue and then some of that stuff you don't even carry on your tax return because it's past it's a passive investment in passive investments you get to take different incentives from it depreciation bonus depreciation things that you can just write off in the first year and you may have made money from it but it can show up as a loss but no one necessarily talks about that they just talk about all the money that you're going to make and oh you're going to have to pay so many taxes because it's an investment it's a rental house that it is really a strong market to get into people there's a strong housing need right now um some people have land as William said you could actually just from your land you could rent out some of the land to people who have mobile homes create a trailer park from your land you know of course there's a little bit more that goes behind that you just you can charge them $500 a month just to have their own home there they're maintaining you just have the land that your grandmother left you you get incentives for that you can get <laughs> woodland incentives because it's it's something that has trees and things on it well why don't you tap into it now I love you just kind of bringing these thought processes because what I think I'm hearing more than anything and I think uh Michael's alluded to this as well that at this time there's a lot of fear in the in the country fear in the market specifically and Michael said hey if the there's a myopic view and you're stuck following what the group is doing being led by the fear 
to the point where the government has to incentivize you to invest. Well, when we keep hearing that term, the most millionaires are made during an economic recession is because those people, instead of hearing that story, they, they went, if the masses went right, they went left. So while you could be fearful, what I'm hearing from both of you is why you could choose to kind of listen to the news, um, listen to these politicians like Michael said who don't actually know the numbers or do this for a living. You could listen to them, become fearful, and do what everybody else does, which is restrict their investments at a time like this. Or you could hopefully brave the times and everybody goes right and you actually learn what you need to learn to go left and take advantage of one of these opportunities, and you come out on the big, the, the, the good end of all of this while everybody else is just hoping the economy comes up. I see you out there on uh, 480. I think that's Brother Pianchi. We're up against a break, so I'm going to go to this break, and we'll go to Brother Pianchi coming out of this break. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Do you need marketing designed specifically to compete in today's digital age? Well, look no further than Edge Digital Business Solutions, a marketing agency that's well-equipped to provide solutions to the challenges faced by businesses looking to acquire and retain customers in today's ultra-competitive marketing world. Whether it's video creation, website or logo design, mobile app development, social media and email marketing, or e-commerce design and development, Emoridge Digital Business Solutions has the answer. Visit them at EmoridgeDBS.com. That's E-M-O-R-E-J-D-B-S.com. Or call 864-221-3632. That's 864-221-3632. Emoreds Digital Business Solutions. We're the solution to your marketing challenges. Are you serious about learning how to earn significant income on a regular basis as a trader or investor in the U.S. stock or foreign exchange markets? If so, you may be the perfect student to learn technical analysis for trading or investing at the Blacks Academy. With over 15 years of experience in investment strategies, here's what a current student recently said about his experience at Blacks Academy. Yeah, this class has been excellent, and I've had a lot of experience trading, but um, this is the most exposure that I've had to breaking down the theory behind TA. I'm really excited to continue the journey. For a similar experience, don't allow new traders with overnight success to promise you riches they can't deliver on. Instead, learn the foundations of trading and investing the right way at Black's Academy. To learn more, visit them at blacks.academyonline. That's B-L-A-X-E. Academy or search for Blacks Academy on YouTube. And, and reinvesting back into these assets and understand that this is a bit of a long game. Yes, it is. But we have to understand that, you know, I, I, I think a lot of people get caught up in today, right? Short game. I, I'm an investor, so I always look at short and long. There's two, two ways you do things, short, long, right? So you got your short play, you got your long play. They both have their place, right? Short game has its place. I call it a money grab. We talked about that before. And the long has its place. And that's the residual revenues, the, the long game, what we can pass down, how we can build wealth for our longevity, like Asians do, like Indians do, like, you know, like Middle Easterns do, like everybody else does. 
They invest in their community, they invest in themselves. And one question we always ask ourselves is, why does it seem like when we have tragedy that happens to other people or other communities, why it seems like they get more uh, action faster? Well, it's because they have more leverage based on these long-term strategies that they do around business because they're able to feed more influence into getting those things taken care of, right? And if we, if we just focus on being solopreneurs, right, such as the example I gave, what happens is, yeah, we can have a lifestyle, but what happens ultimately at the end is it gets predicated upon. And trust me when I tell you, when I say predicated, even some of our own people go to other people and go, look, I got a deal for you. I got this old lady. She got she got she got 80 acres. She don't want it no more. Right? And you can get it. As long as you throw me something back. And that happens in our community if we don't, and I always say it, especially with land, we gotta put something on it or we gotta get something out of it. We can't just hold that land and pay taxes on it because essentially in 30 years, the thing that really makes me a Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest Michael Sutler. I also have accountant by trade, investor, Justin Hempstead on the line as well. Got Brother Pianchi calling in, who I invited actually to be on that actual mastermind. So right now I got... You know, most of us have been on this mastermind where we heard William laying all of this stuff out. So definitely want to hear what Brother Pianchi has to say. All right, Brother Pianchi, we got you live. What you got for us, King? Brother Pianchi, you live. I think that's you. Is that me or Brother Pianchi? Oh, it's, oh I'm sorry. I'm looking at the number wrong. That's, okay, you, that's you, William? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Y'all numbers, y'all numbers are very similar. Oh, so wow. What's <laughs> Whoa, so I got you coming off the whole track. Wow. What's the second time that's happened? All right, what you got for us? Thank you for jumping in. I'm looking at the number wrong. I'm thinking you Brother Pianchi. Okay, my bad. That's you. That's, this is Brother William out of, out of Dallas. Thank you, King. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I, I figured it, you were talking to me when when he didn't answer, so I figured you had it kind of confused. So how y'all doing, man? Good to, good to be here. I was uh, jumping in, right, Um and I haven't heard a lot of what was said today. I got in kind of late, uh, but I did hear you guys talking, and I heard you playing back some of the things that uh, I said uh, in previous uh, shows and conversation that we've done. And, um, you know, I just wanted to add to the uh, the commentary a little bit and, and, and talk a little bit more about kind of where we are today in regards to the topic, which is recession and what the opportunities actually are for us as people, if you really understand economically what's going on, and again, I, I don't mean to repeat anything because I, I haven't heard a lot of what you guys talked about just got in, but to understand kind of where we are, I just want to kind of bring it home a little bit to help people understand. What I've noticed over the last few months is, you know, everything that's happening is obviously a result of the things that we kind of had to do with the pandemic and some of the things that we've been doing over the last 20 years in regards to yes. putting a Band-Aid, putting a Band-Aid on the problems we've had, you know, uh, with the with finance with finance and financials, right? We've been pumping a lot of money into this economy for the last 20 years. You know what I'm saying? And um, I think all of that is kind of coming home to to roost in terms of you know the impacts of it. You know, and the pandemic really didn't help that because it just made things go even quicker. And so now we have this issue, right? 
that if you're familiar with the Fed and what they're doing in terms of instruments that they use to control inflation, which impacts all of us, that's the impact, right? The impact is that we all feel it, whether we're going to the grocery store, whether we're going to, um, you know, wherever, everybody feels it, the gas tank, whatever it is, people are feeling it, and that is the result of the money that's being pumped into, not just through the pandemic, but over the last 20 years. The pandemic just highlighted it because it pushed it forward so freaking fast, right? And so... What I begin to understand just watching how the Fed tries to control this situation is they have absolutely no idea where we are in terms of GDP, right? They're, they're kind of lost because they've manipulated it so much. They put so much money into it. They don't want you to call it a recession, even though, right, by definition, it is a recession. You know what I'm saying? If, if you look at, you know, what it's always been labeled as. Right. And so with that being said, you got to understand that the instruments that they use, we're so far – we're so far gone in terms of how we maintain, you know, the, the economy that the instruments that are used to, to, to bring it back into this place that we want it to be are no longer effective, right? And if they do use it to the level of effectiveness, it would totally demolish, right, the economy. And if you look at where we are today in society, we can't afford to actually have a recession competitively in the global marketplace. Right. If the United States right now, if we were to have a recession slash depression, we would fall so far behind competitive, competitively in the global marketplace uh, as far as technology and capabilities that other countries actually have today. That would not be um, a, a very good thing. So they have to really balance this thing. But the problem is they, the tools that they usually do that with, are either not working or they can't utilize them the way that they need to because the effects of it would be so drastic, which would be just as detrimental. So this is kind of where we are. And you guys know I'm a big fan of cryptocurrency. Like, I'm a huge fan because I got into cryptocurrency about two or three, maybe four years ago, right? And I never, just to give you a concept of where I'm going, I never looked at cryptocurrency as a as a investment um asset in terms of speculative asset that I can make money on. Obviously, I do understand that can be done, but that's the benefit. And if you know, just like I think somebody mentioned before with subsidies, subsidies, or I think uh, Justin mentioned it, subsidies, subsidies are, the, are the, that's the incentive. Like, yes, you need the incentive. The incentive is what drives people to learn. It drives people to take action. It drives people to do things. So when you introduce uh things like cryptocurrency, you have to give incentive for people to even want to even understand what it is. So that's what it's been. But in reality, what you got to understand is we need, there's a need for these debt instruments, new debt instruments. So if you look at crypto as a debt instrument, right? And, and, it, it, and I can go deeper into what. Let me, let me, let me, have, let me push you along a little bit, William, so I can get to Justin okay. as well. So let me okay. push you to where you said there's opportunity right now, because I know you're one of those people who see it versus I was right. just talking about prior to the break, not listening to the fear, not being in the group thing that doesn't take advantage of it. So what do you see right now with everything that you're looking at and very aware of, you know what I mean, whether people mm -hmm. agree or disagree with you, where's the advantages for the community in your opinion? Speak to that, and I want to hear Justin's thoughts on and I only have him for a little while as well. I got you. I got you. Are you speaking from an uh, investment standpoint? Yes, like, yeah, yes. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. You said there was some. You said that yourself. You said you see opportunities right now. So oh, yeah. just tell me maybe one or two that stand out based on all the things you're talking about right now. 
Right. So, so, so to kind of to bring it home, what you got to understand is what the problem is. You always start with the with the issue, and that's what we've been facing. Like everybody knows what the problem is. Even your truck driver, the guy at the bar, everybody has been educated on what you know the problems are. Whether we're talking about inflation, whether we're talking about interest rate, whether we're talking about like the well, average I it, guy. Just, you know, I got to push you past the problem to into the solution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I think the opportunity is simply to invest in what the the, the, the instrument to fix the problem is, right? And okay. once you identify what that is, that is what are the instruments? That is what are the instruments that I want to get justice on? The instruments are, are, you know, your, you know, I made a post the other day, like your your chip, your manufacturers, like we're going away from oil. So what is the new oil? So in my opinion, that would be your chip manufacturers, your Taiwan's, your Intel's, your your things that are very low cost right now that are going to give you serious return in the future if. You know, and I think now is the perfect time. You never really have a crystal ball into what the value proposition is going to be in the future, but the crystal right. ball has never been as clear today as it ever has been in the future. And so, technology stocks uh, are very big, or very big uh, part of my portfolio, simply because I, I know that the future, you know, lies in a, a lot of that. And we can't go into a recession because we can't then capitalize on what that future value is. No, it makes sense. No, yeah, thanks stuff. a lot for all those thoughts, King. I want to get Justin to close out this last three oh, minutes. No, no, no. no, thanks a lot for those thoughts. Justin, again, as a tax accountant, you hear this brother, he's looking at all these indicators and saying, hey, here's where I want to go. Everybody else is scared to invest. William's jumping in, which I think is partly what you're encouraging, even with the ideas that you had. Um, your thoughts, we've got about three minutes, so I'm going to let you close out the hour. Thank you for coming on, King, just bringing that, you know, those tax thoughts, that there are ways to take advantage of taxes even at times like this. But go ahead, King. Thank you for coming on. Definitely, definitely. I, well, I, I definitely agree with William. The uh, the tech sector is is very large. You know, like he said, you know, you're buying buying low, sell high. You know, that's that seems to be the name of the that's the name of the game. If you're if you're trying to capitalize on the recession, buy low, sell high. If you're gonna if you're gonna have real estate, buy low. Uh, you don't necessarily have to sell it, but there are a lot of ways to get into it and continue to keep it and generating the cash flow that you need and pull the equity out as if you did sell it. You do that, and then you actually get it tax-free. Well, that's the tax benefit that comes along with it. They can't tax debt. So if you refi the house, say you bought it for 50 you rent it, you start generating income, the value of the place goes up to 100 you then decide to refi it for 80 you got 30 Gs in your pocket after you paid the 50 off. So but it's tax-free money. Whereas if you if you do buy and sell, yeah, you're gonna have a capital gains tax on this stuff. So you have to look at it from both sides. What's gonna be the most beneficial to me in the current situation that I am? Would I rather have thirty thousand dollars in tax free money that I can put anywhere? I can invest it in some tech stocks? Yeah. So you're using the real estate to actually get you into the tech stocks. Because we do know that where the world is progressing towards. And if you want to get into that with the least, I guess, the, the least tax-imposing uh, penalty, let's, let's use that word. If you want to do that, then I say real estate is one of the best, better ways to get into it, especially when you don't have anything else. A lot of people are like, oh, I can't afford a house. Well, if you've never bought one, you get into one as a first-time home homeowner, you know, and then you don't have to put anything into it. But – uh, people, uh, a lot of people don't talk about the other ways that you can you can do these things. And as you continue to learn the tech sector, oh man, 
William actually got me into it. I invested in some tech stocks, you know, just because. I said, well, I never really looked at it. So when we start really looking at all types of things and how they're going to benefit us within the next three to five years, don't just look at right now. I mean, yeah, you might want some quick money. You know, if you want some quick money, then, you know, buy low, sell high type philosophy. But if you're looking for the long term, which is where this recession is going to take us, then you actually start planning out. How am I going to benefit from this? How is it? Because no one plans to be poor when they get older or when they, even now, no one wants to be poor. So why not invest in something that can make you wealthy, make you rich, and do so and not pay taxes? Not paying taxes is not a bad thing, especially when the government says we don't want you to pay because you helped us. And when we look at it from that side, I think we'll be in a lot stronger position, both economically and as a community. Now, I love it. Thank you for those thoughts. We're at the top of the hour. Uh, Michael, I'll definitely let you kind of give a wrap-up coming out of this break, but thank you so much, Justin. And one thing that I love that you said was, hey, hey, Michael got me into it. And at the end of the day, these conversations, which the break is going to say this, we're doing these dialogues to connect people. So if you're listening out there and you're saying, man, some of this stuff is making sense, hey, become a part of the club. We can connect you to the people that can, in a sense, give you the cheat code. They're already doing it, so you can get advice and have somebody mentor you into some of these steps. We're just... Again, even the things that you're hearing say, hey, you know, where, where William says, hey, here are the things I'm getting into. We're not just running you towards things like the quote-unquote Internet gurus are doing. We want you to do it in a proper way. Make sure you have your, th- your basics things met and make sure you're not risking too much of your portfolio. What typically happens when you see these ways on the Internet, those people are not caring. Do you really have this money to risk? They're not caring about that. Whereas someone who's licensed like a Michael or Justin, they, they, they can't just send you down, a, you know, down this potential quick money grab because you hear them saying, hey, we're playing long term. We're trying to help you the generational wealth that we all talk about. These people do this for a living. So I want to keep that in mind. Um, Michael, we'll, I'll let you wrap up what William and Justin said coming out of this break. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show where all I ask is that you think. Hey, where did you get that hat and t-shirt? I like that. Oh, I got this at moneymotivation.com. It's fresh, right? Yes, and I love the message on it, too. You are the hustle, huh? That's what the shirt says. I am the hustle. They embody the entrepreneurial spirit, and what I like the most, it's more than a brand. It's a lifestyle for those who want to put in the work and expect to have the final things in life. I also follow them on Instagram. Check this post out. If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong? Or how about this one? Excuses made $0 an hour. I like those. What's their IG? At moneymotivation.co. But do they have any ladies gear? Yes, you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Everywhere I go, go. Everywhere I be, be. I don't even talk. Truth Seekers, please understand, Mental Dialogue is much more than just a talk show. Each and every Saturday, we communicate with you for two reasons, to dialogue and connect. On the dialogue side, we cater to you intellectual outcasts who feel you have no place for honest discourse on race, 
sex, culture, and African-American business. On the Connect side, we've created a community where you can connect with experts specifically in finance, whether personal or business, and mental health, whether it's trauma or to optimize performance, along with all the other skill sets from other MD community members. Our mission was to create a virtual nationwide neighborhood where African-Americans learn to trade ideas, goods, and services through social media, meetups, and this podcast. To become a neighbor of the Mental Dialogue Community Club, please visit us at mentaldialogue.com. We are better with you than we are without you. We can be neighbors even though we don't live next to each other. Hashtag raise the culture. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. This morning's discussion, can black people take advantage of the White House's non-recession recession special guest Michael Sutler just had on tax accountant? Justin Hempstead. If you're out there on the line and want to get in, you do have to press one to let us know you want to speak. Michael, I know you have some things you want to say about um, Justin and what William had to say. So jump in and uh, let it, you know, and, and give us your thoughts, King. You know, I think it was pure serendipity that that William jumped on. You know, like I was sitting there, you know, giving him his flowers and a sit, and then Justin came along and in listening to both of those brothers, you know me, I, I tend to assimilate information. I, I like to join things together that, that seem to have a unifying thing because that's been very useful for me in life to take things I learned in one area and apply them in another. The things that I got from both William and Justin, it may not seem like it's important, but to me it was a unifier. We keep saying, oh, what do we do for a recession? What do we do for a recession? Number one, I keep saying recession, eh, don't, don't worry about that. There are uglier things out there that are directly in front of us, like what's worse than a recession would be uh, stagflation, for example, a, a stagnant economy will hurt far more than a recession. But the one thing that these brothers keep saying, two major things. One, I keep hearing them say, be prepared. Be prepared is the number one thing. And you may be saying, well, well how do I get prepared? Here's one. William has introduced a lot, and as he always does, he introduced dynamics of you know where you can go, what you can do. Justin tells you about these subsidies that you can do for taxes, these incentives. We should all be looking to do things for incentive, right? I mean, we, we typically do. That's why you, you don't work for free. Right. The one thing that I'm seeing here for – and this is kind of like I'm going to kind of go for uh, people at different levels. If you have – let's just throw out a number, um, 100000 in assets that – you're saying, hey, I, you know, I got cash. I got real cash. I, I can make some moves now. These opportunities that he's talking about in digital assets, not necessarily the speculation, because again, if you're playing, a, if you got that kind of money, you should be playing a long game anyway. You do not. You're, you're trying to protect and and scale. Mm-hmm. Digital assets is one. Real estate, absolutely. Real estate is a great um, hedge or protection against inflation. Historically speaking, not necessarily your primary house, but mm-hmm. other type of land, hard assets, that's at that top level. There's tons of other stuff, commodities, things that we use. Um, one of the things that's going on in the world right now, if you pay attention, is that we're talking for the first time about famines. We're talking about food shortages. It's, it's an extension of the supply chain issue that we're having. If you've got that big bread, you should be looking at these how can I get into the world of not necessarily commodities trading, but these things like wheat, for example? We felt the effects with people, you know, saying, "Oh, we don't have enough, uh, 
you know, we didn't have enough baby formula because of the war and all this other stuff. You're still going to have supply chain issues there. So if you have, let's say, between ten and a hundred thousand, for example, one, I want to take this twofold in being prepared. One, you need to have more money, and I'll tell you why. And this is more, and people don't like to talk about more money in the bank, but if it's not in a bank, it needs to be in some type of account that you have liquid assets to, so that you can make moves on opportunities. One, even though the value of money, you know, you, or you talked about the fiat currency continues to be cheaper, you still need that money to survive. You still need – people always said, oh, well, you need a three-month emergency plan. Guess what? In uncertainty times, that needs to be three or four because the value of the – everything is going up. It's going to cost you more, so start saving more. The other thing is if you don't think this applies to you, then you need more money to get part of these opportunities that William's talking about in technology. I don't like to talk about technology or any sector in a monolith because monoliths as a whole tend to run us wrong. Mm-hmm. Because in this age, in this time right now, what happens in recessions, competition gets harder. Everything gets more fierce, which means if you want to differentiate yourself, like we're talking about being prepared, you have to be able to do the things that other people are simply not willing to do. For some of y'all, that's studying. Studying the things William's talking about, about instead of just broadly saying, oh, let me look at technology. I found from the Bureau of Labor Statistics that in between 2020 and 2030, the U.S. is looking to create almost 12 million jobs in new areas that are going to be related to the pandemic, climate, energy, healthcare. These are the areas that even if you're not an investor, and hear me out, change your jobs to make more money in these areas because these are going to be the higher-paying jobs. For example, some of them you already know, nurse practitioners, but some you don't know, wind turbine service technicians. What? Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's going to be a high-paying job. That's going to be a quote-unquote six-figure job. Solar photovoltaic installers. It's the same thing that people start installing your roof, installing everything, except for now we're talking about solar cells. These are new jobs. These lists are publicly available. Learn, take the time to learn about these things. Even one of, one of the no-brainers that we all should need, epidemio, epidemiologists and virologists, on Facebook, it looked like we had a bunch of them, right? Right. Turns out there's actually a shortage, and that showed up too. As we go forward in time, we're going to need more people that know more about viruses and microbes because as we right see, they will have more impact. Now, I want to, let me jump in here, and I want to introduce another special guest, too, as well. So uh, what I love about what you – so if, you're, if you've been listening to this again, here it is. Michael's amazing at what he does. He makes a living in the market, right? We've highlighted that those are his details. But you're hearing someone who makes a living actually doing day trading, which is a very difficult skill. Most people can't make money at it despite what you might hear on the Internet. You're hearing him highlight these new job opportunities that you may not have heard of. The reason he's highlighting, I want to just hit this hit home and I'm going to bring on our special guest. The reason he's highlighting it because taking advantage of the recession does include 
high-value jobs that are needed in the future because that is what William always speaks to, a value proposition. And so we keep, yeah. if you're in fear of your type of job you have becoming obsolete, that is a real fear that you should have. But another way to take advantage and gain money for future future income and future generational wealth is a higher paying income that now yes. lets you invest in some of the opportunities that Justin and Michael speak about. Because what we don't want you doing is listening to the gurus and risking the money that you need. So when we're pointing out right. these opportunities, we're not telling you just to jump in them because there's a chance to win. We want you to have your basis in place. And if you go become a win, whatever you call the job, when you get that job, you will have plenty of money to do these, some of these ideas that they're talking about. But with that said, I want to bring on a very special guest. Um, Rashad Howard is in the house. What's up? Hey, I'm here. <laughs> Michael Sutton. So what's going just, on? <laughs> so I'm gonna it's even better up. now. It's all the way up. Hey, hey, you know, you know, we typically don't like for people to, I think what they call it, what is it, bloviate, boliviate, just talk, whatever yeah, like I'm doing right now. Yeah, yeah bloviate. Uh, we, got, we got two and a half minutes to break. So, my, so Rashad, if you can bloviate till break, and the break's going to be so dope, if we can get you for 20, 25 minutes, that'll be perfect. But I want you to bloviate for the That's next fine. two and a half minutes. We're going to go to break. After you, I got I'm going to cut you off, go to break, and we'll keep talking to you, brother. Go ahead. Okay, well, so first and foremost, I'm so glad to be back on the show, and, and I, I definitely love any opportunity to spend any time talking to Mike Sutler. He knows that, and, we, and we're, we're way overdue for catching up. But I, I just caught sort of the last piece there. Mike, you were definitely on a roll, so I, I want to I make sure that we can cover some of this as we get back from the break. But what you were just talking about is starting to take advantage of openings and opportunities and essentially needs that crop up anytime there's kind of a recession or a crunch, what you'll find is that the government starts to try to spend as much money as possible in specific need areas to build up the economy on the other side. Now, you know, what, does it actually work? We could sort of talk about that um, and go back and forth on, on the effectiveness of that. But just a couple, the other day, as you were talking energy, solar, gas, just the other day I read something that the uh, government is about to get back into subsidizing the manufacturing of semiconductors to the tune of 56 or 7 or 56 or 57 billion in the United States. And so they're expected that to get signed into law and so I immediately started to think to myself, okay, the way we understand the economy and business and and what have you is they tend to do wealth transfer through policies and laws like that. Last year, 2 years ago it was the PPP loans and 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 the EIDL this time and now it's going to be subsidies in specific areas. The way you talked about energy, solar, gas, and epidemiologists and what have you, virologists, you know what else is going to be needed? All of those folks who are working in DEI and some of these other sort of high-level um, spaces, workforce development, all of that stuff is going to become incredibly popular again because we're trying to rebuild and we're subsidizing the build-out of technology here in the United States. You think about China being at the forefront of building all of our city conductors here over the last, I don't know, 20, 30 years, and what that's meant for espionage and access in the U.S. Um, what we're going to start to see is a heavy push back towards bringing some of these things back on shore, and this is a prime opportunity for people to line up and get some of this and get in the way of some of the money. And so, you know, I, I'm, just, I'm just agreeing with you wholeheartedly, Mike, and I'm looking forward to our conversation on the other end of the break. 
Uh, hopefully, Smitty, I'm under time. Now nah, you're perfect. This is literally, I'm about to go to break here in, a, in about 10 seconds. So with that said, I'm going to go ahead and throw y'all a curveball out of this break. We're going to really, we're going to jump into mindset because we are mental dialogue and then come back to the nuts and bolts. But y'all have already kind of laid out, hey, all of these opportunities. I also got William still on the line. I may bring him back in. But I know he loves, because what he was talking about, and we're going to break here, what he was talking about in the sense of if we make a mistake here, we can, we can really get behind. So the subsidizing that Rashad is talking about is to ensure that our country doesn't get behind. We've got to make up in these areas because some of these countries are ahead of us. That is a reality. Whether you love America or not, you don't want us to be hurting. I promise you that's not helpful. We'll be right back. Well, all I ask is that you think. Hey, Smithoff, where you find that Prince sign of the Times on vinyl at? Real talk, you got a dope vinyl collection. What, you been collecting them, like, over the years or something? No, actually, I just started my collection. But my man Tobago over at DBS Sounds, he be hooking me up. You remember DBS Sounds? On the south side. They still around? I figured most of the record stores in Atlanta be closed by now. Hey, vinyl is the new wave, and DBS Sounds got the best collection in town. You can still go ahead and flip through vinyl. They still got CDs and mixtapes, too. Let me check the IG page at DBS Sounds ATL. They still be having artists in stores and everything. Hey, you want to run by there? Hey, man, I ain't got time right now. I got to go back to Cali tomorrow, but I might have to catch them next time. Oh, no, you good. Even when you get home, you can just shop at their online store at dbssounds.com. They'll ship directly to you anywhere in the country. Matter of fact, jump on dbssounds.com on your phone and order straight from there. Word? Hey, I'm about to get my music game up. Hey, what's their address? In case I get a chance to swing by there, I'm, I'm going to pick up that new Kendra Lamar CD. Oh, they at 6604 Highway 85, Riverdale, Georgia. Bet. Our culture f***s it up more than anybody else. We're very self-destructive when we get to the places where that financial revenue changes. What you get? Oh, I should be getting a... How much you... We, it's very... Right. We, and that's, that's a problem. So if you don't personally try to break that chain from the top by leading with the position of we are all going to be good because we're going to make sure that we hold each other accountable, we take care of our own, but more importantly, we grow. The day that we get into the space of competitiveness, the day that our egos overpower and overshadow the opportunity ahead of us, we lose. Right now, if I ask you guys to tell me five bands, five music groups that are still together, from back in the day, you're going to struggle. Yeah. Nobody asks themselves why. Why do they all break up? Money. Why do they all fucking break up? <laughs> Ain't no money. Why does, I'm just saying, like, that's not a, like, nobody sees this. We ignore it. Why are we the culture that's always behind the nod? This shit ain't work. It ain't working. Now, we ain't that. It ain't. I just heard Deces and uh, Mero broke up, and I'm fan of these guys. By the way, the future is so bright for that thing. That IP, that opportunity, that whatever. And I see him going back and forth on social media with like, what, what's happening? What do you, what, why? Why, why can't we ever surpass or overcome the financial hurdles that present themselves and stay, stay connected? Why can't we do that? It's called our ego. So you remove it. Easier said than done in some circumstances. It's actually not. In some some instances. But but 
when, when people say that, right, when they say it's easier said than done, and the ego, the ego is, is very present and dominant, mm-hmm. right? You got to ask yourself, why? 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 Why does it matter? Why does it matter? Me and Dwayne Johnson are good friends. You know why our shit works? TJ, I don't give a fuck about titles. I don't give a fuck about number one or number two. DJ, I don't, I don't care what that thing is. Like, what, dude, I love working with you. Right. You're my guy. I love you, champ. Love you too, Kev. You want to do this thing? Let's make it work. Kev, my company's producing it. You want, dope. I hope you guys knock it out the park. Let me see the materials. If I can help, I can. DJ, I got something that's coming from my company. Hey, do you want me to include you? Do you guys want to co-produce? How do you want to do it? Kev, we'll work it out. We'll figure it out. Hold, can you sit down with me, man? I got a show. I want to fucking talk to you. Yeah. Hey, man, I got this thing, guys, I'm doing. Chris, man, you should go. What do you think about doing New York together? Fuck it. We can co-headline it. Let's put this shit down the middle. I don't care. Fuck it, Kathy. Yeah, let's do it. You think Dave will come to one of the shows? Let's ask him. Dave, what you want to do? Oh, my God, guys. There's no egos. With real success and real moves, the real ones, the real ones, there's no egos. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, for this morning's discussion question. Can black people take advantage of the White House's non-recession recession? Our special guest is Michael Sutler. And surprise special guest Rashad Howard is on the line with us as well. Wanted to surprise you with that, Michael, as we hear the amazing cut by Kevin Hart on I Am. uh, Actually, I'm sorry, that's um, the Pivot podcast. I'm sorry, those brothers split up from the original I Am Athlete, right? And so we hear Kevin Hart talking about the idea of removing ego and working together. And I wanted to throw this out because I was very interested in how both of you would say say it. And Rashad, I'll start with you because I know I have limited time with you. But I wanted to, as amazing as that cut is, and there's a lot of uh, validity in exactly what Kevin Hart is saying, I want to point out something in the the psychology of of what I heard and hear what y'all thoughts are to it, which is simply this. I always say, that the truth rarely lives on the edges, is usually found somewhere in the middle. It doesn't live on the extremes. And so Kevin, within that same cut, he talked about how our culture messes this up. We let ego get in the way and then highlights at the end the opportunities with people within our own culture where he's working together just fine because they have removed ego. I point out those two dichotomies because we will accept as a culture that we don't do these things. And I would offer, we have real life examples where where we are, where we actually do, but it's not to pit those two thoughts against one another. It's just missing. In my opinion, the reality is regardless of race, regardless of culture, you just have to find people that understand exactly what Kevin Hart is talking about and that's not something that is inherent within our race that we do not do, because otherwise he would have gave that example with him and two people outside the culture. And Rashad, I'm starting with you because you recently, uh, I would say recently last year, uh, you know, won this amazing contract 
um, with your team, and I know you care about the people that look, you know, that are around you that look like you as well. And not saying that's your full team, but you are the epitome of what we will culturally, as a blanket statement, quite often say, say we cannot do. I say it is absolutely not true. And when I did the show on what can we learn from Chinese Americans, I brought on some Chinese people, and they talked about we just find people within our group that we can work with. It's not they don't have a concept of it, but we apply things to a culture unfairly and give them credit and demonize ourselves. And the reality is just understanding and finding that who and what you need to work with. What do you think of my thoughts? As much as I love those comments, I want to point out that issue that I have with it, like our whole culture can learn. And I think it plays a part in today's show because if you want to take advantage, it's a matter of finding the right people. That's what we do very well and are quite successful as you have been. Go ahead, Rashad. Let me bring you back live. Sorry, brother. Uh, there you go. You're live now. Go ahead. Can you hear me now? Yep, go ahead. All right, back. All right good. So, um, by the way, like great, great thoughts on that. Black Socrates speaks, and and we all listen. <laughs> so, excellent thoughts on that. And and I'll I'll start by saying, you're absolutely right. Um, we tend to want to magnify the examples, and the, and and really, we want to we we tend to um, perpetuate this this concept that you know black people just don't like each other, won't work together. There's no unity amongst them, and that is uh, that is something that is you know, uh, inherent in our nature as humans, or, or even, you know, sometimes worse, um, acknowledging that this is a result of 400, 500 years of conditioning. As if, you know, our acknowledgement of it in and of itself does not show that we can live outside of it and that it is not something that is inherent in us. Um, and that's across racial lines, as you said. And so I, I, do, I do appreciate you pointing out how problematic it is. But on the discussion of ego in general, I guess I would say this, you know, you, you really can't feed anybody from an empty plate, right? And why it works with, say, and, and I'll, I'll use Kevin Hart and Dwayne Johnson all of them as an example, and, and Chris Rock and Dave Chappelle, I think that's who he was talking about, mm-hmm. right? I'll use them as an example. All of them at some point in their time, in their lives, had the ego there. And they, and they, were, they were independently focused mm-hmm. on, winning themselves. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think, that's, I think that's a function of experience. I think that's a function of being new. You know, we know how to take our ego and, and, and let it drive us and let it power our ambitions. Um, and sometimes, you know, the, the small side of the ego, the, the little voice inside your head that tells you that you can't do something or that holds you back, all, that insecurity drives your, your ambitions. And we only see things for ourselves. But, but what that means is that your ego is actually starved, Right. And you can't feed anybody else from an empty plate. Your starved ego is a mean ego. And at that point, no one, I don't care what race you are, where you're from, if, if you're Back. in that frame of mind, you can't work with anyone. And so once you get to a point, and, and, you know, you know um, and this is very fortunate for these gentlemen because they all found success in their own spaces, in their own realm, and they had to fight for it, and they had to fight other people um, constantly, hated that they had to fight, you know, their own, so to speak, but then they had to fight everybody. And at some point they got to a point where they realized, actually, it's, you know, this is, by the way, it's so much easier when you just got a whole bunch of people playing their role, doing their thing. Um, 
And it's so much easier for me to, in my personal ambitions to accomplish what I want to accomplish when I let go of the ego. It's very counterintuitive, but it's a, at the point that you, you've found sort of your personal peace and you've done all of your work and, and, and really built your own self-confidence because you've been personally tapped into the thing that you do, that you do. Well. You're not trying to do everybody else's thing or get paid the same way everybody else. If you've tapped into your thing your way, it becomes so much easier, and that's because your ego is full. You've been validated. You've been self-satisfied. You've been self-confident. And when you have a full plate, you're now willing to share and open up and develop opportunities that allow not just you and the other person you're working with to eat, but hundreds, thousands, millions of other people, millions of other people if possible to eat as well. And so, no, I, I, you know, that, that's my thoughts on that. No, that's no I love it. it. And I'm, I want to go to Michael and hear his thoughts as well. And I'm going to just highlight this. When I asked the question, can black people take advantage of the White House's done recession, recession, obviously we're being playful on whether Biden was calling this a recession or not. So we're just playing on that. But I want people to even hear this. I want to say it directly. When I ask, can black people take advantage, I'm asking and bringing on these experts, people that, that do know how to and, and, and understand these things. But I'm, I'm, I'm saying it not because we don't, not because we want. I just simply ask the question because we're absolutely at a time and opportunity to take full advantage of what's available to us, and I know that we are quite capable, and I wouldn't be able to find people that I call experts like a Rashad or like a Michael if we didn't do it. I'm bringing you on people that do it. So if you saw this question and your initial thought was because we don't, you're missing the boat on what I'm challenging the culture with because we got people doing it. Michael, add to this conversation, brother. We got about two minutes before break, so only a couple of minutes, and then we'll go to another break. Go ahead, King. Uh, let me bring you back live. Sorry. You and Rashad were so happy to, uh, that y'all was on together. Y'all was talking during the commercial, so I had to mute y'all. <laughs> <laughs> it was just about me. It was about me. <laughs> y'all needed that, but Honestly, I'm, Rashad, I'm so glad not just that you're here. Smitty, again, you, you're the man, bro. It's, the thing to me is the two sides of success that you can't tell them. Like, we have all these things that talk about the ego. Some people I know, I was one of them, didn't realize that even had an ego. But to go from where I was, you know, even before engineering to doing that in a world you have to do what Rashad was talking about. You internalize a lot of stuff. You fight a lot of people. I was in such a competitive mindset, which is why trading makes a lot of sense for me. This is why this is my home, in a sense, that it took Rashad himself one day. I, and we've had many conversations about this when he was – we were talking about things, and he was like, your ego's in the way. And to this day, I hope you know this, I have this little check my ego uh, circle that you gave me. This would have been like 2014, 2015, and I look at it because that ego was necessary, just like performance athletes, just like doctors, just like anybody who has to go get it. You need that ego to a certain point. But when you, like Rashad was saying, when you get to a certain level where you have to expand, where you have to feed, you have to worry about feeding other people other than yourself who is satiated on that, you have to put that ego aside. And I will tell you, for me, I could not have gotten anywhere close to where I am now if it wasn't for talk with Smitty, talk with Rashad, a couple other very esteemed brothers who in themselves are titans 
taking what they were saying about, hey, let your ego's the way. Let me, let, let's, 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 finish, let's finish that thought out of this break, if you will. Thank you, King. Sure. Um, but now, everybody, we'll be right back. Again, I definitely have to jump into mindset. Obviously, we want to talk about it, taking advantage of the opportunities, but mindset is the key factor before you can take advantage of any of this. And so I love what, what, what we're talking about right now. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Do you need marketing designed specifically to compete in today's digital age? Well, look no further than Edge Digital Business Solutions a marketing agency that's well-equipped to provide solutions to the challenges faced by businesses looking to acquire and retain customers in today's ultra-competitive marketing world. Whether it's video creation, website or logo design, mobile app development, social media and email marketing, or e-commerce design and development, Emoreg Digital Business Solutions has the answer. Visit them at EmoregDBS.com. That's E-M-O-R-E-J-D-B-S dot com or call 864-221-3632. That's 864-221-3632. Emores Digital Business Solutions. We're the solution to your marketing challenges. That's really, you know, from just from a mindset standpoint, I think that's where the most work is to be done is that, A, we got to start thinking about infrastructure first, and then if we're thinking that way, then we have to say, okay, you know, if I have this cafe that does $1.2 million a year, I can't pay myself $300,000 to run that cafe. You know, I'm going to pay myself $100,000 to run that cafe, and, you know, I'm going to reinvest those dollars into starting the second, third, and fourth cafe, or making sure that I got the right TOS, you know, FinTech system, or whatever, whatever it is that they need. So, I think that's what it is. Again, I don't know that anyone on this call has that issue, but maybe, you know, this is something you can deploy to your broader audience uh, and broken down. But that's the real issue is that they pull up in my office and they, the husband pulls up, they in business together, husband pulling up, he in a, you know, five series bins, the wife in a Denali, and they're telling me that, you know, they don't have a resource to reinvest in the company. I'm like, you just drove up in it. You know, it, it just, it happens, it happens every day. So I think that's what the most work is to be done. We don't, when we talk about the technical skill, I mean, I'm not a doctor, you know what I'm saying? But if, if I have an ailment, I know to go to someone that went to school 16 years for it. So I don't think the issue is that we have to know how to do it. We just have to, A, know to do it, and then secondly, be willing to do it, and then go find the subject matter experts to help us to build in that manner. But I don't, I, I don't, so I don't think, but I don't think it's a scarcity of the information or availability of people to do it. It's, it, re, it will require us to have a generation of sacrifice, right? And, and it'd be that delayed gratification that we're not always willing to do because it's catch 22. A lot of a lot of our people will say, well, I'm not going to be able to get the traction in my community and get the business if I don't project success. So then what we do is we fake it till we make it and we put the car before the horse. And I think that's the biggest issue in our community. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. Again, I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. Can black people take advantage of the White House's non-recession recession as we hear another cut from one of our Mental Dialogue masterminds? Um, our special guest is Michael Sutherland, one of our mastermind members. That was Terry Simmons speaking about mindset in business. Have, again, special guest Rashad Howard. I'm sorry to cut you off, Michael, but I want to make sure I respect Rashad's time. I would love to hear your thoughts on what Terry had to say, and I will 
on air. We encourage you to become part of our Mental Dialogue Mastermind because we need your mindset to add to our uh, our, our, our black level um, platinum members who are allowed to be a part of the, um, the mastermind. But um, if you could just even what did you pick up on that, Rashad? And I'll let you get back because you are enjoying your time time out of the country. And um, but what did you take out of that? And if I can, if you can stay longer, let me know. But again, if you can, I want to respect that. What did you hear out of Terry's cut that stood out to you? Well, first and foremost, I, I can stay. I can stay longer. I, I'm good until um, I'm good until the the top of the hour. Uh, so I, I did I did book the time out. So if, if if whatever time you want to kick me off, I can leave. But I'm here to I'm here I'm gonna keep it to the top of the hour then that lets me <laughs> that lets me know how I can respond the show. But go ahead and give me your thoughts on Terry and then we'll get to we'll get into absolutely. some of your background too later on. Well well first of all, I mean he's he's absolutely right on mindset and I thought it was very the thing I keyed in on is when he talked about the family driving up in, you know, these the luxury cars, each of them about a hundred thousand dollars a piece, um and, and saying that they didn't have the resources. Um, there, there is something I, you know. I could give a, a little piece of my story, and it's and it's not because I think it it, it makes me better than anyone, but I think it, it points to the the mindset being one of the first things you have to understand. The mindset is the concept of delayed gratification, and you know, um, I'll tell a story, and it's like in the middle of building some of my some of my you know biggest and best businesses, the things that I have stories behind. You know, I was also I got my car repossessed a couple times, <laughs> right? Um, and then um, along the way, um, I actually had times where we were doing fairly well, but we weren't getting paid payroll. Uh, our invoices weren't getting getting covered in time. We were about eight months late on a set of invoices, and you know that two hundred, three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars that that you know we thought we were getting in profit was just re- reinvested back into people and and keeping people on on site when we didn't have the money and guess what that meant that meant I didn't get paid um which meant that my mortgage got behind um the, the concept of you know anything that's a value that you want to build over time especially when you want to include so many people if the dream is big enough you're going to have to delay a significant amount of of, of gratification to get there and set your mind that everything that you, like your investment has to be in that. Your time and your energy isn't just, you know, your money too. Like your, your late nights when you would rather be asleep, stay, you know, staying up late, standing up if you need to, reading about your industry, this is delayed gratification, right? You're delaying yourself of even the opportunity to, to get a few extra minutes of sleep because your dream is big enough. Right, delayed gratification is, I think, probably one of the first and foremost and most important things. And I bet you know, even Mike, if I, if I were to kick it back to you to talk about it, you have to do the same when you're thinking about how you trade on a daily basis. Right, you got to know when you got to know when to not be greedy and try to and take away from the thing that's actually the goose that's laying the golden egg, and to keep it going. The reinvestment, the concept of not 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 getting high on your own supply, <laughs> you know, one of the crack commandments. Right, that whole concept is very, very clear. It, it, it's going to take that in order to see any kind of success, uh, to actually be dedicated in investing in yourself and in the people around you at all costs, to include delaying the gratification of nice cars, simple things, especially trinkets, jewelry, clothing items. You know, I looked really busted amongst a lot of my friends driving around in my, you know, old Honda Accord for a lot for a lot of years and. You know, I, it, it wasn't until last year I got a little Tesla Model Y. I was doing pretty good, <laughs> but 
But speaking of being doing pretty good, let me have yeah, I'm just going to take take advantage of this right now because it's just perfect timing. Um, again, just to give people an indicator, again, just appreciate access, brother, or whatever. You know, at the end of the day, um, I have my philosophies, but I'm a connector at heart and not just, you know, connector because I'm connected to you. I like to put people together that can actually do business together. That's what we're in here for. If you learn, if anybody paid attention to the top of the hour commercial that talks about this club, the Mental Dialogue Community Club, we dialogue and connect, actually connect you to people that you can progress to. Um, progress, you know, your own life with, whether it's, you know, hearing their story or actually working with them based on their background. But if you will, um, Shad, I would love to highlight, because you put it out publicly, so I think it's okay for me to put, mention this, um, but you basically have been building businesses for a lot of years. We had you on the Money Motivation podcast, Roy, where we did that and had, had you on the Mob Mix, the Money Over Business Mix that we did with Money Motivation, one of our longtime sponsors. And on there, we had the very guy, Terry, saying, hey, it's not every day that we talk to someone, in a sense, who's made eight figures, which you've been able to do, but above and beyond that, you hadn't done this at that time. You just um, won this huge $20 million contract, which if you've ever heard Sheena um Sheena on the show before, she says, hey, that just means you got $26 million of work to do um, or whatever, but I wanted to highlight <laughs> just so people – you know, as much as they may love your mindset, I want to kind of, if you will, validate so that they understand this is not coming from someone who's just philosophizing out here. You've actually done it. You're doing it. And you always talk about without ego, that's how you were able to scale when Terry asked you that. So if you just highlight yeah. some of what you've done, just so, because you kind of got brought in the middle of the show, you know, I did all that for Michael in the beginning. So if you could just, you know, mention that, that, that contract and the team that you put together of people that I saw mostly look like you again highlighting we do the we do this son we do this yeah we do do this we do do this yeah um, okay well sure I, I, and I and you know I, you know me maybe I never I'm never good at this I I, I I bounce through this stuff really quickly but I just wanted to put it on the table because, and the more thing I'm more Absolutely. focused on, which I know you can speak to easier, is your team. That's if you could, that, that'll make it easier for you. Not about you, because I know you're never good at that. So just the fact that you, because you definitely get to that point, and you're hot at the point, man. But all you ever do is say, "Hey, this team helped me do this." So if you could just highlight that, Absolutely. a bunch of black people were able to do this. Our community here, those um, stories. That's why you put it out. Absolutely. So some years ago, I, I really, I remember personally dealing with what I would say my own professional struggles and, and traumas, if you will, of walking in the room and it really didn't matter what I had on. I was not seen as the expert or the person that was most professional. And so I took that with me as, as I was getting, you know, rounding into starting up businesses and partnering with others. And it was that, you know, I just I had a bit of a chip on my shoulder where I wanted to show the world that, there, you know, there are plenty of us who are absolutely talented and have the capacity to win at very high levels in anything. Um, we, we don't lack intelligence. We don't, in, in, you know, I would say that we lack opportunity, um, but we have opportunities oftentimes to let ourselves talk ourselves out of it. But ultimately, I was able to partner with a gentleman. We started a company about, well, shoot, now we're about a decade ago. Um, visual connections, we, we pushed that to about, uh, together we pushed that to about 40, uh, just under, actually just under $50 million. Um, and then, you know, we, we sold out of that in, in you know, in, in a way. And then 
I you know did it again. I started another company, Epigen, uh, with another uh, partner of mine, Terry Rice. And it's the same sort of thing. We both have a commitment. By the way, Terry Rice is white. Um, but we both have a commitment to ensuring that we have a space where it's comfortable for all of us. And, you know, we are well represented demographically in certain directions. We're probably about 70% women, um, 90% African American, um, give or take a lot of veterans. I think we're about 40, 50% veteran. And again, we've been successful. We built that company to, you know, we're, we're in the $25 million range now. Um, I have another company, Agency 641, which is a digital storytelling company. In our first two years, we're above a million dollars. We're, we're figuring it out, but I fully expect in the next two years that, that we'll grow that. Um, and I have another business. Uh, it's, it's called Beautiful oh, Brains, yeah, yeah. Uh, Buffalo, New York. And Love. we're above five million uh, in two years. And the thing is, is well, the point I'm driving at, and I don't want to you know, just keep this going, but the point I'm driving at is that I do that with a bunch of different partners and a bunch of different people who are all committed to the dream. And all of us put our egos aside and we show up and play every day. And what that's done for me from a lifestyle perspective is it's allowed me to live anywhere I want in the world. Sure, I, I, you know, I did not prioritize buying a lot of cars and a lot of trinkets early on. But, you know, I'm happy to say I, I do have very nice places in multiple places of the world and the freedom to be able to live and work and breathe and, and win from anywhere. And that has everything to do with delaying gratification early and leaning on the people around us with no ego and fighting to the end till we, till we got something and we got into our own group so we can play this game like anybody else. And you was able to do it without a wicked jump shot. So that's even better, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's fact. It's fact. But I do got good footwork. Don't hate on, right. don't hate on that post move. I, do got, I, got, a decent, I got a decent baby hook. <laughs> yeah, I love it. You know, these stories matter, man. And um, and I got to go to another break, Michael. I know you want to jump in. We're going to close. You know, we got one more segment. We're going to make the most of it. Uh, can black people take advantage of this White House non-recession recession? You just heard of a black man who's taking full advantage. Um, the thing I hear about, again, that diversity within your company, just to highlight this, because me and I was telling Michael, um, we, I just talked to Mark Hollywood, you know, kind of one of y'all mentors, if you will. I just talked to him yesterday, and one thing that I said to him yesterday that I know will hit home on what you just talked about when you were saying, hey, that first company I was able to do with um, Terry Rice, you know, or, or whatever that, which was this. I was like, unfortunately, for as much as we love MLK in this country, people rarely read the last book where he talked about strategic alliances. It's the last book. Is that, Martin, that if we understood, we would have more Rashad Howard. So thank you for giving those examples. We're up against the break. We'll be right back. You're that's really, to... you know, from just from a mindset standpoint, oh, uh, I think that's where the most work is to be done, uh, is that, yeah. A, we got to start thinking about infrastructure first, we'll be right back. and then if we're thinking that way, then we have to say, okay, again, you know, right. if I have this cafe that does one are you serious about learning how to earn significant income on a regular basis as a trader or investor in the U.S. stock or foreign exchange markets? If so, you may be the perfect student to learn technical analysis for trading or investing at the Blacks Academy. With over 15 years of experience in investment strategies, here's what a current student recently said about his experience at Blacks Academy. Yeah, this class has been excellent, and I've had a lot of experience trading, but um this is the most exposure that I've had to breaking down the theory behind TA. I'm really excited to continue the journey. For a similar experience, don't allow new traders with overnight success to promise you riches they can't deliver on. Instead, learn the foundations of trading and investing the right way at Blacks Academy. 
To learn more, visit them at blacks.academyonline. That's B-L-A-X-E dot academy. Or search for Blacks Academy on YouTube. LNG Technology Services, we are your industry leader in aircraft and heavy equipment repair services. In commercial business for over 15 years, LNG technicians have over 150 years of equipment-specific knowledge and are known industry-wide for returning worn-out, broken, and overused ground support equipment back to the user in working better than new conditions. For a service job done right at a value unparalleled in the industry, contact LNG Technology Services at 478-781-4860. Again, for a service job done right, that number is 478-781-4860. LNG Technologies is a Mental Dialogue Gold member and proud sponsor of the Mental Dialogue community. If you have a product or service you would like to get out to the smartest audience in radio, please contact me again directly at 404-604-9477. Shout out to LNG Technology, our longtime um, sponsor. They're actually a black level member now, which is how you get to take advantage of some of these mastermind info you've been hearing in these cuts. Um, I wanted to shout out my brother, Michael Sutton, who is also our special guest in the Blacks Academy, one thing that he highlighted in taking advantage of the current times was even going to get the information education is a way to take advantage of these times. And if you are interested in learning the foundations of trading or investing the right way, Blacks Academy is one of the ways to do that. So if you will, Michael, take this time to share with anyone out there listening what you are doing over at Blacks Academy and please differentiate how it's not what you're hearing with these gurus saying, hey, invest one I'll get you one thousand dollars a day trading. Tell them the difference in what you're doing because we vet who we even allow to sponsor us and I appreciate what you're doing with blacks. Go ahead, King. And I appreciate you, man. This this whole time has been like going this is almost as like potent as going to church and listening to the sermon. But at Blacks Academy, the number one thing that we do is initiate unlearning. One of the things I find having teaching my kids, other kids about investing and trading is that children come to you with an open mind, and you can pretty much fill it with as much information and they, their imaginations latch on and they take it. With adults, the problem is we have heard, we have seen, we have experienced, and that creates a lot of blockages. It creates a lot of you know ego barriers like Rashad was talking about that often keeps you from where you really want to be. A lot of times people don't realize that there's a – stark differential between an investor, the mindset, and a trader. But I've been trading since 2005. I've been an investor since about 2008, 2009. I know the difference. My cadre of instructors, we know the difference because we've lived it. We've lived through two calamitous you know, financial situations, and we've come out ahead, not because we don't recognize. Oh, we 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 recognize. You know that. Oh, we need to get rich quick and that sort of thing. But we have over time developed the skill set and basically codified it into instruction that is made not just at a high level, but if you have the idea of like Rashad say delayed gratification, which is one thing we teach. Long term investor, you're talking about delayed gratification anywhere. You're not looking for tomorrow. You're looking ten, twenty generations down the road. We teach you how to change your mindset to understand the difference between quality and everything else, and it really starts there. And the students that we attract are quality students. We just had our spring 
uh, boot camp and everybody in there was phenomenal. I actually learned from them, which was the added benefit. They learned from me, and now they're into their uh, space, and we're about to have a fall boot camp as well where we're looking for the same type of students that are coming for the long term because we not only want to evangelize and talk about all – like I said, it's not about money. It's about changing the mindset, which would then change the culture. That's what we do. No, I love it. If anybody's interested in finding out more info, we had the commercial, of course, um, but the boot camp, you just, that's something that's upcoming. So I don't know if somebody has, if that's only to your students you have, but if you could just even clarify that. No, new students. Yeah, the best way you want to, they, the best way to reach you, just give them that info right quick. I know we could do it at the end, but while we're talking about it, go ahead and give them the info right now. Right now, you can catch us at blacks.academy, B-L-A-X-E dot academy. And also our YouTube channel is just Blacks Academy on YouTube. And we also have an Instagram, at uh, blacks.academy. Catch us on any one of those. We show you how to sign up. Go to the website. It's a beautiful website. Uh, my partner is great at that. And, you know, we have any market that you want to know about at any level. We can meet you there and take you high. Now, I love it. Getting back to this discussion, can black people take advantage of the White House's non-recession recession I uh, only got a few minutes here in this last segment, so I'll just kind of let you continue. Any thoughts directly related? I know I cut you off on a thought earlier, so you can either, I don't know if you still want to pick up or say something else. But either way, I just wanted to get some more thoughts on your own this morning's discussion. But thank you so much, King, for, for being with us and, and, and breaking this completely down, um, in my opinion, to the very last compound. I keep making these hip-hop references, but for those that don't know, <laughs> myself, Michael, and Rashad are some big big music heads. So I can't help right. when I got both these kings on, but go ahead, brother. Rashad and I are due a a, a Kendrick conversation that will probably last half a day, but that's yes, that's outside are. of here. Yes, we are. <laughs> but the gist of it, and I can't say this enough, is that part of you know can we can black people you know work together? We must. It's not a can. It's a it's a must. You're seeing three gentlemen, and we're talking about. Count at least a dozen others that if it wasn't for Smitty, if it wasn't for Rashad, I would not be where I am today. End of story. I can't, my ego, wherever it was, whatever it is, my, that whole, like Rashad said, chip on my shoulder, I carried that for years, but I carried it to a network of people who were able to say, hey, brother, there's another way. And we understand you're great at what you do. And this was something that coming from where I come, Yazza City, Mississippi, you know, all the way to now, Huntsville was supposed to be such a great city. It's a very white city. One of the things that I learned to navigate these different cultures and climates, even speaking different languages, what really codified it was being able to turn to my brothers, which, again, is not necessarily a race thing. It's more culture. But Rashad, Montoya, you know, I can start just counting names. Y'all are the people who, when I first started out, I say, be careful who you listen to. They have to be believable. They also have to be credible. These brothers are the most credible people I know. Rashad helped me raise my first $50,000, which now my fund is, again, approaching eight figures. It took 12 years. We only got there two years ago. But that delayed gratification, being able to be in the room, as they say, to watch people who and this is so important, who are like you, not necessarily just in color, but maybe language, diction, speech, the things that they like, the affinities like music, 
are so important to see how they navigate. Me watching Rashad navigate his space, a couple other brothers watching them navigate these spaces, because I will tell you once I got to a point to where I felt like I had some power, where I was like, I have money. Look, I got seven figures. I don't have to worry with this. And people saw that. Rashad, a couple other brothers showed me, hey, there's another way for you to get more because you're going to have to navigate spaces with people you don't like to deal with. I think that's one of the most important things that in a recession or any competitive period of time, you have to have that skill to be able to say, I can learn and will, and you're actionable about it. That's what I see out of all of this. You have to be able to say, I can learn, I can change because you don't have it all, no matter what it is you have. And malleability is going to be key for this global world. If you're still, in a sense, stuck in the black and white of the United States, race is becoming less and less of a factor. So I always challenge the, the community to raise the culture to realize what brothers like Rashad and Michael are out there doing. We are doing these things, and you don't have to have a wicked jump shot. This is the reality. And if I could just highlight one other thing um, Michael said, I'm going to let Rashad close us out to a degree. Um, the other thing I would love to highlight in what you, you know, in you mentioning it is when you say, hey, this brother right here helped me raise my first 50000 another 12 years later. The thing that I really want to point out, again, because we know the Internet is going to inundate you with consume, and we can help make you take advantage of this opportunity quick. That's going to be on the Internet every day. Well, Michael has been doing this since 2005, 2008 as an mm-hmm. investor, and he's just now started his school. A lot of your gurus jumped in while the market, yep, yeah, while the market, like he explained, was five times higher than it's regularly been in the last couple of years. Had some success and already started trying to teach. This brother was diligent before having said, "Hey, I want to give people the correct foundation." He has a track record that is undeniable with history. So. Lisa Dudley came on the show a few weeks ago and said, hey, if somebody's promising you something, ask them to show their receipts of where they have done it to. And that's how you find your gurus. We don't bring overnight gurus to this community club. So I wanted to highlight that. With that said, Rashad, can black people take advantage of the White House's non-recession? Recession, a couple of minutes to close us out and give us thoughts, but thank you for jumping in while out of the country um, to, to join us this morning. Definitely appreciate you for that, King. Absolutely. Can black people take advantage? Of course, here's the thing we we already are, and and we can continue to. And for those who don't feel like they're engaged or, or turned on right now, they haven't figured it out and, and they needed the motivation, what have you, let this be the proof. But always remember, like, no matter how you go about this, one of the things that I just heard Mike say that is so important, right, every overnight success took about a, a decade to a decade and a half, right? So Thanks. Mike <laughs> built his multibillion-dollar fund because that's what it is. I speak from the future. When somebody dies, they, they talk about their whole life, as, and they pretty much start from the end. So everything that, that it will be, it already is. Right, so Mike built his multi-billion-dollar fund that he's currently managing, while making history over the last 12 years. History is a dynamic thing; it's constantly being done, it's being changed on a regular basis, and we're participating in it right now. And what is 
so important about what he said is that his diligence and his commitment to doing it and to do it when it was hard and, and then to understand to not take advantage and jump ahead when it was easy, that's what made it happen. And what's going to happen, that's exactly what we describe when we talk about a recession. Our ability to be successful has a lot to do with our current life habits now, and if we could stay diligent in something, it doesn't matter whether there's a recession, not a recession, or whatever. You heard Mike say he, he did well through two major, major uh, stock market crashes. Two, he, made, he did well through two, and he's only getting better. And you will do the same thing if you're staying diligent and focused on that which it is that you do and build the camaraderie, the team, and the gamesmanship and the strategy with the community around you. And we'll all make it through that. See y'all next Saturday. All I ask is that you think. Ask my life I had to fight. Ask my life I hard times like yeah. Bad trips like yeah. Nazareth, I'm f***ed up, homie. You f***ed up, but if God got us, then we gon' be alright. And when I wake up, I recognize you looking at me for the pay cut. Bahamas, I be looking at you from the face down. One Mac 11, even room with the face down. Skimming, and let me tell you about my life. Painkillers only put me in the twilight. We're pretty Benjamin is the highlight. I tell my mama I love her, but this is what I like. Lord knows. 20 of them in my Chevy, tell them all to come and get me. Reaping everything I sow. So my karma come in heaven, no preliminary hearings on my record. I'm a m in case silence for the record. Uh. Tell the world I knew it's too late. Boys and girls, I think I've gone crazy. Trying to side my face, it's all day. Won't you please believe when I say, wouldn't you know? We've been hurt, been down before. When our pride was low, looking at the world like, where do we go? And we hate Popo, wanna kill us dead in the street for sure. I'm at the preacher's door, my knees getting weak and my gun might blow, but we gon' be alright.